Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come through, so do something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. On a beautiful fall afternoon for football in the Windy City, Aaron Rodgers throws for two touchdowns and runs for another in leading the Packers to a 24-14 win over the Chicago Bears. Welcome into Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik. Happy to take your calls until 6 o'clock tonight here on the Packers Radio Network. We'll do it at 855-616-1620. 24-14, the final. A very hard-earned win for the Green Bay Packers. It's never easy. It never looks pretty in Chicago. But on a beautiful day for football, the Packers able to do enough in amassing a 10-point second quarter. Touchdown in the third, a touchdown in the fourth. Just enough defense. Of course, the team shorthanded today. And we'll talk more about the injury situation as we go through the program. But very satisfying win for the Packers, who improved to 5-1. and one while the Bears fall to three and three we'll also keep tabs on what is happening right now in Carolina Uh, this looked to be sewn up for the Minnesota Vikings but they are now in overtime against the Panthers but driving at the 40 yard line on a second and six so uh, a field goal and Carolina will have an opportunity to possess the ball Uh, should Minnesota score a touchdown this game will be over and uh, the Vikings will improve to three and three so lots going on here in the NFL in our first week of buys Starting to settle in a little bit here, and I've got a Packers team that has rattled off five straight wins, and boy, they have all looked a little different. This was a rock fight, and it typically is. It comes down to a few plays here or there. Uh, you know, you, you, you maybe bark at the officiating a little bit. I thought both sides had, had an argument there. Turnovers, Packers were pretty clean with the ball, very modestly penalty-free for the most part, and and played about as clean a game as you can imagine, given the injury situation. We'll dive into that more as we get rolling here on the program. We'd love to hear from you at 855-616-1620. We'll take your calls until 6 o'clock tonight. Wait, a sluggish start, though. I, this was my one concern coming into this game. Now, I, we've talked about the Packers-Bears rivalry for years, and it's an incredible rivalry. However, I get the feeling the sizzle is out of the locker room. Okay, I Lombardi-era Packers are no longer entering the locker room on Bears Week to talk about you know the rivalry in its heyday. That just doesn't happen anymore. I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts, Matt LaFleur, the Packers, they look at the Bears no different than they look at the Vikings and the Lions, right? Division opponents. But I felt the Bears entered today's game with a little more snap to them, especially on defense. It felt like they were the aggressor. They were winning in the trenches. Green Bay really went nowhere on their first opportunities. Packers had just one passing yard in the first quarter alone. And by the way, the Bears' offense was in a bit of a groove. And then things started to shift. There was a key play early in the second quarter that told me things were going to be okay. And it was an Aaron Rodgers pass to Devontae Adams that went for 33 yards. This was about halfway through a 12-play scoring drive that went 80 yards and into the end zone in time, the game at 7-all. There weren't many big plays today, really, for either team. But the Packers had more. 
And they were able to flip the field on a couple of occasions. A 33-yard pass to Devontae Adams to set up a touchdown. A 36-yard run by A.J. Dillon on the very next drive that ultimately set up a field goal. And then you had a 40-yard pass play from Rodgers to Devontae Adams just when it looked like the Bears were working themselves back into things in the fourth quarter. It was a one-score game. All of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers finds Devontae Adams for 40, and ultimately they get into the end zone for a touchdown in building that 24-14 lead. That proved to be the final score. So enough field-flipping plays today for the Packers. Not a lot, but enough. And those were key. They came at big times in this ballgame. 855-616-1620. If you care to join us here on the Packers Radio Network, let's begin in Michigan. Marty is joining us on Packers OT. Hi, Marty. How you doing, Greg? Doing well. It was a fun one today. Hey, yeah, I'll tell you what, I told the guy that took my call, uh, I'm a Packer fan, big time. Tattoos, living room, all Packers. I even got a pumpkin over there, green, with a yellow light inside, so I'm all set. Well, what do you think about today's game, Marty? Hey, I'll tell you what, I watched every Packer game for the last, I'll say, 40, 50 years, and... I'll tell you what, the way I took this game, I looked at coaching in this game because what the Bears were doing early, I thought this was, I almost saw, uh, I don't know, I almost threw my shoe at the TV, you know, what they were doing early. And I thought if this lasted the whole game, you know, this would be a blowout. Well, That's thankfully, uh, yeah, thankfully it wasn't, Marty, and thankfully uh, you, you saved your Alan Edmonds shoe from hitting the, the flat screen. We don't want that. Well, the holidays are right around the corner, but uh, you got to preserve your TV. There's another game next week. Can't be breaking your electronics. I, the way the game started was I, I felt indicative of it being a road game in Chicago, angry crowd, hostile environment, and an outstanding defense. That's how I saw it. So the Packers had the ball to start the game, and on that first drive, they lost their starting center. So Josh Myers missed last week against Cincinnati uh, with a finger issue and only lasted a handful of plays today before being removed with a knee issue. And all right, so I'm instantly you're into your reserve at center. And, oh, by the way, the Packers start another rookie in Royce Newman. Elton Jenkins played today but was a little rusty, hadn't played in a few weeks because of an ankle injury. So... While the offensive line is starting to, to, to get back toward the direction of being healthy, uh, you almost felt like it was a step forward with Jenkins, but a step back with Myers today uh, to where Lucas Patrick had to take over the starting role uh, in playing for Myers. So we'll see what his injury ends up being. But, you know, you're going to have this mixed and matched crew until David Bottiari gets back, and, and hopefully you can get to a point where you sense a rhythm with the offensive line. So the pressure being applied to Aaron Rodgers early in this game was problematic. Now, I was a little worried about that. Uh, but you know what? It was a down-and-distance thing. And we've talked about this all season. Third and 10, third and 14, third and 7. Those were the Packers' first three first uh, third-down opportunities. That's a disaster against the Bears. And, you know, the numbers on third down, I thought, were atrocious, really, for both teams today. Uh, luckily, it was uh, enough for the Packers to pull off a win, 24-14 the final. We do have a final now in Carolina. We'll get you updated on that. As we get through our first instant replay update, a reminder, we'll take your calls until 6 o'clock tonight here on the Packers Radio Network at 855-616-1620.
And our look around the league is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Starting the AFC, shall we? It was labeled a Game of the Week candidate. 4-1 Ravens taking on the 4-1 Chargers. Did it live up to the hype? No, not so much. Pistol formation. Devontae Freeman is the back. Jackson runs the option, pitches to Freeman. Left side, he's got room. He's from the five. He's in. Touchdown, Ravens. Jerry Sandusky with the call. WBAL, the Ravens game day network. One of three rushing scores on the day for Baltimore and a 34-6 win over the Chargers. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert, the team's leading rusher today with 12 yards. Rams and Giants from East Rutherford, New Jersey. The Cooper Cup show continues for Los Angeles. Has a snap, play face, throws off his back foot, crossing the field left side. It's Cooper Cup to the 10, to the 5, to the pylon. Touchdown, Cooper Cup. Touchdown, L.A. J.D. Long with the call, 710 ESPN in Los Angeles. Nine receptions, 130 yards, and two scores for Cup. Rams trailed 3-0 after the first quarter and led 28-3 at the half. They would go on to win 38-11. to In the nation's capital, it was the Packers' Week 7 opponent, the Washington football team, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Washington had a 13-10 halftime lead, but... Darrell Williams, a lone setback. They fake it to him. The quick pass, touchdown! Kansas City on the quick slant at the back of the end zone. Off play action, tie, re-kill, and the cheetah. Finds the sweet nectar of the end zone when the Chiefs need it the most. Mitch Holtis with the call, 106.5, the Wolf and the Chiefs radio network. Two touchdown passes on the afternoon for Mahomes, 397 yards to go along with it. Washington falls to 2-4. and four. They will be at Lambeau Field one week from today. Other scores from around the league. It's final now in Carolina. The Vikings score a touchdown on their first drive in overtime to earn a 34-28 win over the Carolina Panthers. Minnesota now 3-3. Cardinals over the Browns, 14-0. They are just into the second quarter in Cleveland. It's the Raiders over the Broncos, 10-7. Cowboys-Patriots tied at 7 in Foxborough. 6.03 left to go in the first quarter. Football for breakfast today in London. It's the Jaguars picking up win number one of the season. 53-yard game-winning field goal as time expired. 23-20 the final. Jaguars over the Miami Dolphins. It was the Bengals over the Lions 34-11. Colts over the Texans 31-3. 145 yards and two scores on the ground for former Wisconsin Badgers running back Jonathan Taylor. Later tonight... You will have the Seahawks and Steelers from Pittsburgh. Monday Night Football features the Bills and Titans from Nashville. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More Packers OT after this on the Packers Radio Network. Cole commit tight end in motion to the right, jumping on the line. Back to throw, feels, flushed right, stops, waits, look, rainbows, deep down the middle, throwing it into the end zone where it's intercepted by Darnell Savage. It will be Green Bay football. Crowd was roaring. They thought Kenny Clark, I believe, had jumped off sides. I don't see a flag. Yeah, you could hear the hesitation in Wayne's voice. And even watching that real time as I was listening to the game, it looked like Kenny Clark, he definitely moved. It was a matter of, did he get into the neutral zone? Apparently not. Uh, it was not called anyway, not flagged, as Darnell Savage was able to uh, pick off Justin Fields, who uh, had an errant attempt in the end zone. Some confusion there. Allen Robinson appeared to have stopped his route. I don't know if he gets close to that ball anyway, if he continues running, as Fields maybe just tried to launch it out of the end zone, or thinking he had a free play. Hey, why not? Just take a shot here. But ultimately, I, it, it proved to be a big play. It was the only turnover of the game. 
But at that point, you know, you're talking about an interception and, you know, maybe just maybe adding to a lead, right? It's a free play for the Bears, at least we thought. Turns out the Packers were able to score a touchdown following that interception as they go 12 plays, 80 yards into the end zone to tie the game at seven. So the only turnover of the game happened in the first quarter. It led to a Packers second quarter touchdown tie ball game, and they really never looked back after that point. So a key play and uh, an interesting no call for the officials on what was a uh, up and down day for the stripes. Can we say that? Is that, is that fair? I, I think it probably goes both ways. I, I didn't see a lot from Equinemia St. Brown pushing off in the end zone for what should have been a touchdown. Um, nonetheless, it was called. I've seen worse, that's for sure. So hit and miss today, but the Packers take advantage, 24-14, to 14, a victory over the Chicago Bears. Packers are presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock at 855-616-1620. It was a couple of big plays, as I mentioned, that helped flip the field for the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, I'm looking at that third drive, and this started in the first quarter but ended in the second quarter. A couple of plays. On first down, there was a throwaway. Aaron Rodgers just had to fling it out of bounds. Pressure was starting to mount. But then there was a taunting call, and it gave the Packers a first down at the 35-yard line. Now, it was an opportunity to stay out of a second-long situation. So you go back to first and 10 from the 35. They had a pass play that was blown up completely. They had a run play that went for just three yards. Then on a third and seven, they were able to get a seven-yard pass play to Robert Tunyon. That was ultimately challenged, setting up a fourth and inches. And we saw an Aaron Rodgers sneak. Well, I could probably count, I don't know, one hand. Maybe you'll get to your second hand. How many times have you seen Aaron Rodgers sneak the ball on a fourth and one? He did it today, and it helped uh, convert into a new set of downs. But it was there was some limping with the Packers' offense at that time, an occasional pop play here and there, a lot of nothing plays, that two- to three-yard category. They finally broke through with that 33-yard pass play to Devontae Adams, and a few plays later were in the end zone on a, a nifty play design in Aaron Rodgers' touch pass to Alan Lazard. Really entertaining game and a bit of a rock fight. I mean, all of the Packers' wins have been so remarkably different with unique circumstances. Today was just a good old-fashioned black-and-blue NFC North-style game on a beautiful day in Chicago. Uh, in which the Packers' offense proved to be better than the Bears' defense. And Packers' defense also did their part in uh, limiting the Bears to just 14 points on the afternoon. That will be a challenge for the Bears all season long. Playing catch-up, they'd love to stick with that run game you get. But Justin Fields did a couple of interesting things today, which we will detail coming up in our second hour of the program. We'll carry you till 6 o'clock tonight here on the Packers Radio Network. Wayne Larravee will join us coming up in just a few moments. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through, so do something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. A very hard-earned, satisfying win for the Green Bay Packers, who improved to 5-1 and one with a 24-14 victory over the Bears at Soldier Field. A beautiful day for football in the Windy City. 
Packers able to do just enough on offense and defense to secure the victory. Very clean with the football, relatively penalty-free, and they come away with a win. Bears fall to 3-3 three and three with the loss. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 has been extended at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Five years, no interest, five months, no payments, even up to 5% same-day order savings. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, will join us in just a moment. We'll get to your phone calls at 855-616-1620. Before we do any of the above, let's step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Let's first bring in the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee, who is on the call this afternoon in the Windy City. Wayne, they don't have to be pretty. They usually aren't in Chicago, but another hard-earned win. These all look different for the Packers, uh, and today no different in looking different. You know, Greg, I don't know why these Bears-Packers games have to be so ugly, but they are, you know? I mean, it's just uh, its crazy. Uh, that game had no flow for about three-quarters of it, and it was just back and forth. There was, But I will say this, uh, you had to be a man to play on the line today, and some of those men didn't come back safely, you know? It was tough because uh, there was some great hitting going on. Typical Bears-Packers. Um, there was even some bad blood and that type of thing, but uh, – in the end, the Packers had a little bit too much for the Bears, and that was kind of seen throughout the ball game. But um, it's going to be an interesting watch to see how um, you know Fields develops a quarterback for the Bears because he's got some ability. Wayne, how did you see the Packers adjust? Because early on, there was an awful lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and there were at moments throughout the game, but especially early on, that first quarter was kind of a nightmare. And then things started to open up a little bit. What did you see change there, and why were they able to make some of those big plays? We thought um, we thought really that what was happening the first, and I mentioned it on the air to Larry, um, that the Bears were taking it to the Packers in the trenches both both ways in that first quarter. They really were, and I thought the Packers got, uh, you know, hey, uh, you lose your starting center, Josh Myers. You know, Lucas Patrick, fortunately, is a veteran, goes in there. They, they kind of settled down on the offensive line. They got a little bit better handle on the Packers' rush and blitzes and that type of thing. And then the Packers started moving the football a little bit. And um, But I, I thought it was an extremely tough day in that regard. And in this, you know, as the game went on, I thought the Packers got a better rhythm. They got into a little bit of a rhythm in that second quarter and, and were able to take the lead and play on the lead the rest of the day. You know, it, it kind of started the opposite way for the Bears. They, they got into a bit of a groove early and then really struggled after that. A, a late touchdown made things interesting in the fourth quarter, to be sure. But well, it, it seemed like maybe a little bit of a late arrival today, but Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, they, boy, they seem to be in the middle of a lot in that second half, Wayne. Played well again today, really well, and um, and again, just I'm a just a layman's view watching the game from the side, you know, on the second level. Uh, it looked to me like he showed up. He really, I thought he played well. Another good game for Dean Lowry, back to back. You know, th- hopefully this is the start of a long string. Kenny Clark started dominating. I mean, Kenny Clark wore number ninety two on that last drive for the Bears. He made those two sacks, and it's almost like he had an idea of where where Fields was going when he broke the pocket when he started running. And he made those two key sacks on that one series. And that was really – that's really how the 
Packers were able to survive this one. And, and uh, But Kenny Clark has been so good all season, Greg. But now today, you saw him make two big sack plays. And now all we laymen can understand how good Kenny Clark is and has been. Um, you know, the one thing going into the season I said about Kenny was, gosh, I hope he doesn't get dinged up. I hope it's not, it doesn't take until December to when he really starts playing well. He's played well from day one. And uh, I think he's going to be a pro bowler and maybe a, you know, certainly could be a, a, an all-pro in terms of the AP All-Pro team. So he's off to a great start. Yeah, Wayne, you mentioned those two sacks. Uh, the Bears were at the 32-yard line, and, you know, they get a field goal there. It's a little over two minutes left, and then they just need a stop, which is easier said than done. But instead, because of Clark's proficiency on the line, they go backwards like 23 yards, and all of a sudden it's 4th and 26, and they're way out of field goal range. So you just think about the timing of those sacks and, and what it did. It really forced the Bears' hands. They go from a field goal, all right, let's make it a seven-point game, to desperation in the matter of two plays. Yeah, and with a rookie quarterback. Um, so those were huge. Uh, you know, they were the kind, that's the kind of impact that Aaron Donald has on a daily basis uh, with the Rams. And Kenny is that caliber of player. And the Packers recognize that, and they paid him in that neighborhood. I'm not saying they're paying as much as Aaron Donald. I don't know what you know that whole situation would be. But uh, they're paying him as one of the top defensive interior defensive tackles of the game. And, and Greg, I'm telling you, he's playing that way. 24-14, the final. The Packers improved to 5-1 and one with the win. The Bears fall to 3-3. Three and three. Green Bay now riding a five-game winning streak into next weekend's matchup against the Washington football team. Wayne, travel safe. Thanks so much. Great call again with The Rock, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you very much, Greg. Have a good day. You do the same. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. If you'd like to join us, it's 855-616-1620. Let's go out to West Virginia. Mike is holding. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Mike. Hey, Greg, how you doing? All right, appreciate it. What you got? Um, you know, the last few games with all the injuries that we've had, it's really reminding me of the Super Bowl year with Mike McCarthy and Charles Woodson and Donald Driver got hurt in the Super Bowl game against the Steelers. And I'm just seeing more and more of the parallels between this team and that team. And I wonder what you had to say about that. Yeah, unfortunately, we're only six games into this whole thing, and those injuries are starting to mount. So just to recap what happened today, so starting center Josh Myers, who missed last week against Cincinnati, started the game, was out on the first drive with a knee injury, and replaced by Lucas Patrick. Darnell Savage left the game and was being treated for a concussion. Preston Smith left the game in the second half and is being treated for an oblique injury. Oh, by the way, the Packers were without Kevin King today. And uh, while some of you may be rolling your eyes, I think you saw on that first drive right away when the Bears were picking on Isaac Yadam. I, like that, that was a problem. And ultimately, Yadam was benched uh, in favor of Rasul Butler, who was brought in how many hours ago? Right? He was signed off the Arizona practice squad earlier this week. Uh, veteran player, former third-round pick. He's played in some big games, no doubt. Uh, but he proved to be a better option less than a week into his Packers tenure. So I, de- de- depleted at the defensive back position with Jair Alexander out. I, this is not a high-powered Bears passing offense. Uh, and you know, next week against Washington, they're probably a little better through the air. They're going to sling it with Tyler Heineke. Uh, but you also have on the horizon here games against 
The Arizona Cardinals, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, even the Minnesota Vikings uh, are a little better through the air. So they got to get things sorted out in the back end of the secondary, to be sure. Uh, and, and then Zedarius Smith, and I don't know when or if we'll see him this season. He did have back surgery. It's kind of a, a, a fishy deal, if, if you ask me, to be candid. But nonetheless, uh, the Packers are playing without their best pass rusher as well. So I, I've been pretty amazed. I know the red zone stats are just abhorrent. I mean, dead last, 15 out of 15 scoring touchdowns are teams against the Packers' red zone defense. I mean, that is atrocious. But I'm also looking at the point production and saying this is now the fourth game this season the Packers have held an opponent to 22 points or less. That's impressive because you feel like the Packers, with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, 24 might be their low mark of the season aside of that Week 1 debacle. So, By and large, the defense is getting the job done, and I'm not exactly sure how. (laughs) They just beat up the red zone numbers, as we talked about. Today, not a great offense in Chicago. I get it. But still, the Bengals are a pretty good offense. 49ers, pretty good offense. There are some some things there. And in all these games I just mentioned, those are road wins for the Packers. So they're getting it done. They're finding a way to get it done. 855-616-1620 into Michigan we go with Nick. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Nick. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Um, first of all, great win. I just wanted to kind of reiterate what you were saying with the defense. Very impressed, especially considering all the injuries. Um, but I wanted to ask about the offense when they get inside the 10-yard line. It seems like they kind of have the propensity to call run play on first down every time. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that predictability. I mean, I'm sitting in my living room as a layperson, and I can kind of read it. So you know that opposing defensive coordinators are probably thinking the same thing. So just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I, you know, the red zone offense is kind of a tale of two weeks. I mean, last week they really struggled, and Matt LaFleur talked about it throughout the week, that he needs to be a little more aggressive. And it was exactly what you're talking about, Nick. It was sort of predictable off-center run plays, just kind of plunging forward and, and hoping to get a yard or two out of that. Uh, and you're kind of left scratching your head saying, well, what what are we doing here? Like, this just doesn't seem very aggressive and foot-on-the-gas-like. Uh, today was a little different in terms of success. So three out of four trips to the red zone resulted in touchdowns. That's a solid number. That's outstanding. Uh, but I, the play calling was similar to what Nick described and what we saw last week against Cincinnati. I, I do want to go through some of the details of that because I was making some notes I, for whatever reason, it was just more effective today running the football in those situations, but there was a lot more of running the football. So no less, or no more aggressive, I should say, than a week ago, but the results were different. And I guess that's uh, ultimately what, what you're concerned with. But I, I want to detail a particular sequence on that first touchdown drive. We'll do it coming up here in just a moment. Let's get you caught up on what else is happening around the league before we get to a quick break. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. This game break presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Let's start with maybe the wildest game of the week. There are still games being played, but oh my goodness, what happened in Charlotte? The Vikings visiting the 3-2 and Carolina Panthers. Here's how it ended. Cousins with Madison to his right. Cousins climbs the pocket. Touch pass to the left, left pylon. It is caught for the score. The Vikings win the game on a 27-yard touchdown pass, left pylon. In overtime, that was McMixon with the call for the Carolina Panthers radio network. So 
Here's how it all boiled down in that fourth quarter. Sam Darnold was having a miserable day, just over 100 yards passing through three quarters and change of this contest with an interception. But he helped engineer an 11-play, 96-yard drive that resulted in a touchdown. Carolina picked up the two-point conversion to tie the game at 28. The Vikings had a chance for a game winner prior to overtime, and they missed a 47-yard field goal. That created the extra session, and on their first opportunity, Minnesota marched down the field and into the end zone to improve to 3-3. Three and three. Pretty impressive performance by the Vikings in adverse situations. They pick up the victory and come home happy. Football for breakfast in London with the Jaguars playing a home game against the Dolphins. Tied at 20, just seconds left. The Jags with a chance to win. Cook puts it down. Wright kicks it up. The 53-yarder is good, good, good. Wright has made it. The Jaguars have won it on a 53-yard field goal by Matthew Wright. What a magnificent ending in London. Matt Taylor with the call. The fan and 97-1 Hank FM. Entertaining call, entertaining game. 319 yards passing for Trevor Lawrence. The Jags pick up their first win of the season. Stay in the AFC, shall we? Wentz outside zone and big hole. Taylor, 20, 25, 30 down the far sideline. Tiptoeing, he's at the 50, he's at the 40, cuts back. Now he's at the 30, the 20, the 10, and he's finally dragged down inside the 10. He'll be dropped at the four-yard line. What a run, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he would score in the very next run. That was an 83. Three-yard run for Jonathan Taylor, call courtesy of the Indianapolis Colts Radio Network. 145 yards and two scores for Taylor in an impressive, impressive game here. It's uh, 31-3. to They beat up on the Houston Texans. This after a, a pretty demoralizing Monday night loss to the Baltimore Ravens earlier this week. Speaking of those Ravens, they have no problems with the Chargers today. Very easy win. Sometimes those Monday night games are tough to rebound from, regardless of the outcome or how it happened. And really no issue today. The Ravens pick up a 34-6 win. Chiefs over the Washington football team, 31-13. 397 yards passing for Patrick Mahomes. Washington visits Lambeau Field a week from today. Rams all over the Giants after a cross-country flight, 38-11 the final. 251 yards passing, four touchdowns for Matthew Stafford. Bengals over the Lions, 34-11. In the late games, the Patriots lead the Cowboys 14-7. They are in the second quarter, about 12 minutes left to play. Also in the second quarter, it's the Raiders over the Broncos 10-7. Cardinals over the Browns 20-7. Arizona, the only undefeated team remaining in the NFL. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. You're listening to the Packers Radio Network. A-Rod looks it over, long count. Gets motion for Aaron Jones, fakes the toss to Jones, gives up the middle on the toss to Alan Lazard, and he scores straight ahead. Shovel pass to Lazard, touchdown pass, Rodgers to Alan Lazard, and the Packers are on the board, trailing 7-6. to six. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. Greg Matzik with you on the Packers Radio Network. Packers OT presented by... 
Hello, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, the highlights you heard capped a 12-play 80-yard drive in 6 minutes and 14 seconds. Started in the first quarter, ended in the second quarter as uh, Aaron Rodgers and the offense marched down the field. Really, the big play in that drive was a 33-yard pass play from Rodgers to Devontae Adams. It was nothing more than a, a quick slant, but Adams shook his defender and rumbled through the middle of the field for a 33-yard gain. That was the most significant gain of the game, really, for either team at that point. And it was so necessary because the Packers had really struggled. They had just one passing yard in that first quarter before settling into a, a bit of a groove. This was not an offensive firepower kind of day, but enough big field flipping plays put the Packers in position to score points. And, you know, you rarely walk out of Soldier Field with, you know, 38 points on the board. So you knew it was going to be tough to come by especially given the injury situation on the offensive line, the proficiency of the Bears in getting after the quarterback. No team in the league entering this week sat the quarterback more than the Green, uh, excuse me, than the uh, Chicago Bears. So y- you knew it was the strength of their team, their ability to get to the quarterback. Uh, and they did so today. There was plenty of pressure, but ultimately an efficient performance by Aaron Rodgers protecting the football, and Green Bay comes away with a 24-14 win. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? Dan is in Iowa, joining us in Packers OT. Hi, Dan. Hello. I uh, got a couple things. I don't like the slow starts, but uh, the real reason I called is uh, the challenge we lost in the first half. I I can almost see that. Uh, but then the Bears called a timeout, and then they requested a challenge. Had they lost that uh, challenge, would it have cost them another timeout? Uh, it would not have. It would not have. It is one of those rules where they, they, they throw the flag on the field, they, they call a timeout, and then everybody kind of takes a look at the video monitors, um, and ultimately uh, they ended up winning that challenge. But, no, you would not lose a, a second timeout uh, in that situation. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Joseph is in Fond du Lac joining us next. Hi, Joseph. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I am. I, uh, I think it's great to see that we have callers coming in from West Virginia and Michigan and Iowa. That's awesome. Uh, the reason for my call today is because I want to reiterate that as long as we have Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback, we have a chance to win the Super Bowl because he is so much of that offense. And what, what I think what I'm seeing needs to happen with the team at this point in the season is that we need to start having some really strong offensive performances. We haven't had any really, really strong offensive. We need to have some blowouts is what I think if we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. And I wanted to know what you had to say about that. Yeah, no, I I disagree. In fact, I think it's almost better to have these adverse situations and play in tense environments. You're talking about a team now that is after week one, rattled off three road wins, and it was a last-second win against the San Francisco team that is tough, that is not an easy place to play, a Cincinnati team that is on the up in a very bizarre game a week ago. I I think of it just the opposite. These are character-building sort of wins, and we talked about this throughout the preseason. In fact, a a particular caller in Superior ended up getting on him a little bit, talking about the winning culture, being able to to win. I, I think it's easy if you're mowing teams down and you're just cruising by everybody in blowout city and then you enter the playoffs and it just becomes tougher now all of a sudden you got to come from behind and pull out a win no i i think these all 
go into the hopper and you, you chalk it up as a win. But then as you dissect it, you, you look at the situation. This is tough. On the road, beat up offensive line. You're down 7 nothing early. You have very little offense going, and you find a way to get things back on track. You adjust, and you, you end up sort of pulling away. I know Chicago made it kind of interesting in that fourth quarter, uh, and the Packers put an end to that uh, with an Aaron Rodgers touchdown run. But I, these are equally as impressive. I, 45-13 is great, but 24-14, when you're as beat up as the Packers, on the road against a good defense, division rival, right? I just... That's a great win, man. I, I'm not a win greater, but uh, I, this is as satisfying or should be as satisfying as any win the Packers have had so far this season. 855-616-1620. We do have an open phone line if you'd like to hop on. We'll also dip into the locker room here in uh, just a few moments and hear from some of the players following today's win. I, did you hear what Aaron Rodgers said after the touchdown run, by the way? I still own you as he looked to the Bears faithful who were with an ear shot of Aaron Rodgers as he uh, was pushed out of bounds. Yeah, we'll have that clip coming back for you as well. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers takes, fakes the handoff, looks to throw, has plenty of time, dumps it off left side, Jones gets by Gibson to the 10, cutting left to the 5, to the end zone, leaping in for the touchdown! 12-yard touchdown pass! To Aaron Jones, and the Packers increase their lead, 16-7. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program, shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Today, that means a donation of $6,000 to Touchdowns for Hunger to feed families in Wisconsin. Sargento will keep it up. They'll donate $2,000 per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the season, benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. 24-14, the final Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik. 855-616-1620. We've got uh, Jerry in Marshfield joining us next on Packers OT. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? All right. What do you got? I was just wondering why Lafleur called a two timeouts late in the game. He actually gave the Bears, you know, more time and about time to get creative on uh, goal line with that touchdown to Lazard. That was great. Uh, all right. So two separate uh, comments there. Yes. Uh, d- the organization of the first touchdown to Alan Lazard it was just a, a beautiful misdirection kind of play. Uh, and Lazard's kind of a load as a wide receiver. You could see that play to Robert Tunyon as well. Uh, but there's just not a lot of margin for error on that play. Things move really quickly, and Aaron Rodgers had a pretty clean throwing lane. It's just a little flip pass to uh, Lazard, who uh, found his way into the end zone. Uh, as for timeout usage, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't note anything that was too obscure. I, you sometimes... Timeouts are a product of the offense just not being in a good situation. Personnel groupings based upon you know, the defense that's on the field, things along that line. I, I didn't think there's anything egregious there. Um, timeout usage is, uh, is always in question, I think, especially in a, a relatively tight game. Uh, but the Packers were in, in fine position, so I, nothing stood out there to me. Um, but, you know, it, it's not uncommon for, <laughs> for timeout usage to be scrutinized. Uh, following game, especially if uh, it was a loss, which thankfully today was not. Uh, Tom joins us next. He's in Watertown. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Tom. 
Hi, great win, great uh, game today. And uh, I just wondered, uh, I'm sitting here thinking, what happened to Randall Cobb? There was no, not no calls to Randall Cobb. Is he injured? No, he played today. He was on the field. I, I, he didn't play a lot. Uh, he didn't play a lot, but I, this is how it is. Like it, Game plans vary. Randall Cobb was heavily involved a couple of weeks ago, found the end zone twice, and all of his catches were on third downs, and it was okay. This is not ceremonial. It's Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers. That magical connection is back. Now, the next week, it's going to be somebody else. In the following week, it's going to be somebody else. But I remembered taking calls following that win at Lambeau Field over the Steelers. People saying, what happened to Alan Lazard? Where's Alan Lazard? Uh, who had three receptions today, including a touchdown. So I, it's week to week. Um, I'd have to look back and, and see what the snap count was for Randall Cobb. I did note that myself. I didn't really see or pay attention to Randall Cobb uh, probably until the second half. Uh, in fact, even I, I, I noted Wayne Larvey on the broadcast said Randall Cunningham's name more than he said Randall Cobb's. Uh, four on the count, official Cunningham count. Uh, one of those days. One of those days. Now he's healthy. He's available. Just not a day for Randall Cobb. He was not targeted, and uh, I'm not sure what his snap count was. Uh, but I do understand that if your offensive line is beat up as much as the Packers' offensive line is, and the strength of the Chicago Bears is getting after the quarterback, that tells me the use of Alan Lazard and Mercedes Lewis should probably tick up a little bit, right? I, you need to see a little bit more of them on the field because of their ability to block. Alan Lazard is the best blocking wide receiver on the team. Mercedes Lewis is an incredible blocking tight end. When your offensive line is gassed and beat up like the Packers is and the Bears can pin their ears back and get after the quarterback better than any team in the league, yeah, it makes sense to have those guys on the field a little bit more. It's not a spot for Randall Cobb as much today as we've seen in previous games. Uh, Ashton was at the game, making the drive back from the Windy City. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Ashton. Hey, Greg. How's it going? All right. How was the atmosphere? How was the day? So I guess they kind of got that a little confused. I'm actually driving back from the Upper Peninsula. Oh, I see. It says oh, it says home was... back from game uh, on my, uh, yeah. We're throwing you under the bus there to yeah. kill our producer. Nonetheless, <laughs> what you got? So I, I was actually uh, driving up to Manistique with uh, one of my buddies. Uh, he's a Bears fan. I'm a Green Bay fan, of course. And we were sitting there listening to it, and he got a little upset with the uh, last touchdown that I that got called back. I was kind of upset at first, but, you know, it, it's, one of those kind of happy things because we ended up getting a t- touchdown anyway, and it just creates less time for the Bears to score. Just kind of trying to see what you thought about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're you're looking for a touchdown there. You're looking for an equalizer. Uh, I get it, and it was uh, you know it was a pop play, and I've talked about this throughout the program. It was a 40 yard pass play. Now this is on the drive after the Bears scored a touchdown to make it 17 14 Green Bay. So now you got a little work to do. Yeah, field goal's nice, but then you're probably sitting on the edge of your seat just sort of hoping that Chicago can't find the end zone on their final opportunity. So it's a 40 yard pass play. It flips the field. It puts the Packers near the red zone. I think they were at the 21 yard line. Uh, but yes, I mean, Devontae Adams barely stepped out, but he did step out. So instead of a touchdown, you know, I, the Packers were able to run a couple of more plays. I, and it wasn't a lot of time. I mean, it was 
I guess in the grand scheme of thing, when, when the clock is winding down and you're under that five-minute mark, every minute really stands out as being important. Uh, it's barely a couple of minutes that came off the clock, but at a critical time. I get that. It was a nine-yard pass play to Mercedes Lewis. It was a seven-yard run by Aaron Jones. And then first and goal from the six, Aaron Rodgers scoots into the end zone to make it 24-14, and that was really effectively the game. So, yes, um, yeah, you'd love to have Devonta get that score. I don't think the final result of this game is any different. Uh, if you assume what Kenny Clark did on that final Bears opportunity in offense, if you consider he does that, right, two sacks, it pushes the Bears out of field goal range. So, no, I, no angst. Just, it was a great play. Just got knocked out of bounds just uh, by a hair, and, well, Aaron was able to use his legs to get into the end zone. So the most important point thing is there is that you score and that you answer the Bears' touchdown with a touchdown of your own to really put the game out of reach. Seven plays, 75 yards, 4 minutes, 14 seconds was the Packers' final scoring drive. They needed it. I, they definitely needed it. It was 17-14, you know, at that you know point where you've got about a third of the fourth quarter left. So it's definitely a crunch time touchdown uh, for Aaron Rodgers and company to put this one away. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll get back to your calls coming up on the other side. We'll also get into the locker room. We'll hear from Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry and others on the Packers Radio Network. Here's the snap. Placement made. Kick to the upright. And it is true. It is good. So Mason Crosby snaps the tie. 4.09 to go. Second quarter. It is now Green Bay 10, Chicago 7. A reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. So far this season, $11,000 have been donated. And that goes right to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. One field goal today by Mason Crosby, $1,000 added to the total as the Packers pull off a 24-14 win over the Chicago Bears. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Before we get back to your calls, let's dip inside the locker room, shall we? Kenny Clark, a couple of sacks today of Justin Fields. Back two on the final Bears opportunity. Very impressive performance by Kenny Clark, pushing the Bears out of field goal range in what was uh, an opportunity for them to make it a one-score game. Very important performance by Kenny Clark today on that defensive line. Here's Kenny standing by with Larry McCarron. Kenny Clark, when you had to rise up, boy, did you. It had to feel very gratifying, all the work you put into it to get the results you got late in this ballgame. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, it was just, man, it just been trying to be relentless um, and just, you know, stay after my rushes. Um, you know, we've been doing a good job, you know, making it hectic in there for him. So, you know, the D-line, uh, we just trying to just just stay after him. Um, and, you know, that last drive, just I was just, you know, working my rushes and, and, you know, paid off. But you said the key word. Isn't one of the big keys is being relentless? Like, you got moves and you got power. But being relentless to seal the deal, that's that's a major part of it, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, these quarterbacks, you know, they get the ball out so quick um, nowadays. So um, our coaches preach it all the time, just being relentless, um, you know, staying after it. Uh, and, you know, we get situations like that when, you know, our offense is up pretty big and they got to hold the ball. Uh, you know, we do make our moves, just make sure we stay after it because, um, you know, we talk about all the time, just defensive linemen, they went off their second and third rushes. From the outside looking in, this looked like a classic Packers-Bear game. Rough, tough, physical, 
And while the final score might not reflect it, it was a battle right to the bitter end. For sure. Um, you know, like just what you said, it was a Packers-Bears physical game. Um, statement win for our team and um, just a full just team win, just both sides of the ball. Uh, we started off slow on, on defense. They scored, um, you know, offense scored, and then, you know, just back and forth, just our special teams played great with all, all the punts and putting them back there. Um, it was just a great just team win, and um, we just pulled it out. 855-616-1620, as we hear from Kenny Clark, who had a pair of sacks in today's 24-14 win over the Bears. So let's go back into Michigan. Earl, standing by. Thanks for holding Earl. You're on Packers OT. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Hey, first time I called because I'm a Lions fan. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Earl. Hey, the reason I'm calling, I want to jump the bandwagon. What would it take for me... After 60 years and a lot of Lions paraphernalia, what would it take to jump the bandwagon? Well, I, Earl. That's just, uh, hey, 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 I'm sorry, man. I just want to put a smile on the, your faces, and and it's probably already on your faces after what the Packers did. I watched the game. I had my lines on the radio, and I threw the radio out the window. <laughs> Understandably so, Earl. Uh, I, I guess it starts with: uh, Did you have a rooting interest today? Can we start with that? Did you? Did you? Were you pulling for the Bears to win? Did you want the Packers to win? And then we'll see how your feelings develop when the Packers and Lions meet later this year in in Detroit. Call back after that game. Let me know how you felt, and uh, maybe officially you will be on the Packers bandwagon. Uh, that was a rough one for the Lions today. We'll get to that coming up in a moment. 855-616-1620. We do have about an hour left to go in the program. Happy to take your calls. We'll also dip back inside the locker room after an eventful day at Soldier Field. An eventful day throughout the NFL as we finally had a few bye weeks hit, so not as quite a, a, as full a schedule as we're used to seeing, but nonetheless, some entertaining games as well. Time for a look around the league. It's presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. We had football starting at 9.30 this morning in London with the Jaguars picking up their first win of the season, knocking off the Dolphins 23-20. A 53-yard field goal as time expired. The difference in that game. Labeled a game of the week candidate, it was the Ravens taking on the Chargers, a battle of 4-1 and one teams. It really didn't live up to the hype. Pistol formation. Devontae Freeman is the back. Jackson runs the option, pitches to Freeman, left side, he's got room, he's for the five, he's in! Touchdown, Ravens! That was the call from the Baltimore Ravens radio network. Jerry Sandusky on the call, one of three rushing scores for Baltimore in a 34-6 home win. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert with 12 yards rushing. Yeah, he led the team in rushing on the afternoon. Rams and Giants from East Rutherford, New Jersey. It was another blowout. Has a snap, play fakes, throws off his back foot. Crossing the field, left side, it's Cooper Cup at the 10. To the 5, to the pylon. Touchdown, Cooper Cup. Touchdown, L.A. J.B. Long with the call, 710 ESPN of Los Angeles. Big day for Cooper Cup. Nine receptions, 130 yards, and two scores. Rams trailed 3-0 after the first quarter, but they led 28-3 at halftime. They would go on to win 38-11. In the nation's capital, it was the Packers' Week 7 opponent, the Washington football team, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Washington jumped out to a halftime lead. Third quarter, the tables turned. Darrell Williams, a lone setback. They fake it to him. The quick pass, touchdown! 
Kansas City on the quick slant at the back of the end zone off play action. Ty Reek Hill and the Cheetah finds the sweet nectar of the end zone when the Chiefs need it the most. Mitch Holtis with the call on 106.5 The Wolf and the Chiefs Radio Network. Two touchdown passes on the day for Mahomes, 397 yards to go with it. Washington falls to 2-4. and four. They will visit Lambeau Field one week from today. Elsewhere around the league, they are at the half in Cleveland. The Cardinals leading the Browns, 23-14. Just nearing halftime in Denver, it's the Raiders with their new head coach, leading the Broncos 16-7. Back and forth game in Foxborough, the Cowboys with a touchdown. They now lead the Patriots by a score of 17-14. Bengals over the Lions, 34-11. It was the Colts hammering the Texans, 31-3. Vikings win a wild one over the Carolina Panthers. It took overtime to do it. Touchdown on the first possession in the extra session. The difference, 34-28. Minnesota improves to 3-3. Three and three. Sunday night football from Pittsburgh. It's the banged-up Seahawks against the banged-up Steelers. Monday night football, it's the Bills visiting the Tennessee Titans. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Devontae to the right, motion to the tight end, Aguero to the left, hand off to Dillon, breaks for goal. He makes the man miss to the 50, off to the races, down the right sidelines, cross the numbers 40. He's to the 30, to the 25, and raced out of bounds. Inside of the 25-yard line, they're going to mark it near the 22 of Chicago. Eddie Jackson chased him out. Great cutback run by A.J. Dillon. His longest run of the season, it came in the second quarter. It set the Packers' field goal and ultimately taking a 10-7 lead. They would never look back. It was a 36-yard run by A.J. Dillon, uh, sort of a field-flipping play. Green Bay went from the 42 after a a nice punt return by Amari Rodgers down to the 22, knocking on the door of the red zone. Uh, They did end up moving a little bit backwards on that particular drive. Uh, There was... uh, yeah, a couple of issues, including a negative five-yard run by Dillon. Uh, you had the offensive pass interference on Equinemia St. Brown, which negated a touchdown. I thought a questionable call. Uh, and then all of a sudden it was third and goal from the 25. So uh, that was a little bit of self-sabotage there. Nonetheless, Packers able to uh, have a field-flipping play result in points and taking a, a 10-7 lead at that point in the game. Green Bay would go on to win 24-14. to Welcome back in. It is Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, let's talk to Ron in Madison. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Ron. Hi. Enjoy your show. Good win today. Five and one. Uh, enjoying the ride, man. The, the Packers, uh, they can beat anybody anywhere. So, uh, a good running game today. Some good runs by Jones and Dylan and those two guys are a good combination. And the line uh, being beat up uh, did a good job blocking the day. You know, they did. And, and you know, I think in, in terms of touches, this was not a high volume of plays kind of game for the offense. Uh, in fact, the Packers and Bears in both under 60 offensive plays. So if you consider that, uh, we'll have to take away Aaron's seven attempts, which were official for 19 yards and a touchdown. So you're looking at 24 attempts between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Jones with 13, Dillon with 11. Jones had four receptions, and Dillon was not targeted in the passing game. But the production, I think, is what really stands out. 5-8 a carry for Jones, 5-4 a carry for Dillon, a long of 28 for Jones, a long of 36 for Dillon. So I, I wanted to get back to this. 
Uh, we had a caller earlier in the program talk about red zone play calling. And I had noted last week uh, in the game against Cincinnati, it just it seemed a little vanilla when the Packers got into the red zone. Uh, just sort of a, a you know one or two yard plunge on first and ten from the eighteen yard line. It's like well, it's okay, okay. You set up a second and long, and then a third and long. Your windows are much tighter when you're in the red zone. Uh, and Matt Lafleur talked about it during the week. We need to be more aggressive inside the red zone. Okay, so uh, their opportunity in the red zone that set up the first scoring drive or as part of the first scoring drive was really interesting because when the Packers flipped the field on that 33-yard pass play to Devontae Adams. They were at the 22-yard line, and it was a four-yard run, and then an eight-yard run, and then a two-yard run, and then a six-yard run. Four straight run plays from the 22 down to the one. And it was effective. So to me, this was not any more aggressive than we saw last week against Cincinnati, but it was far more productive. Those are all winning plays. Yeah, the two-yard run, okay, you could probably do without that. But three out of four run plays in that sequence were very productive. Four yards or better, that's a productive run. But there was nothing fancy about it. I guess that's what really stood out to me. A strength of the Bears is getting after the quarterback, and they have a pretty good run defense. The Packers' offensive line, as we've talked about really all season, has been playing with a, kind of a, a mixed match group. And they were affected very early in this game with Josh Myers injuring his knee, which, by the way, doesn't appear to be a long-term issue, according to Matt LaFleur, so that is good news. But it was four straight runs, and these were not fancy. These were you know, off-center to the left, off-center to the right, and, and, and largely in between the tackles, but productive between the tackle runs. So it, it wasn't a lot different in terms of play structure, as we saw against Cincinnati, but just far more productive, uh, and then a very clever design of a play that resulted in an Al Lazard touchdown. So, um, so the run game was solid today. You know, the Bears' numbers on the ground, 140, that's pretty impressive. 97 yards for uh, the rookie Herbert. Uh, Fields, Justin Fields, scrambling for 43 yards. So that's 140 yards, but they only had 137 yards net passing. So this is how the Bears uh, are going to have to do it, try and get a lead and you know lean on the run game a little bit. Uh, but the Packers' running game is, I don't know how much more you can expect out of it, uh, in all honesty. And it has nothing to do with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. It has more to do with the state of the offensive line. Even if Josh Myers is healthy, that's two rookies, and you're playing without your starting left tackle in pro bowler and all pro David Bakhtiari. So there's some heavy lifting there. For the offensive line. There's some new territory, new ground that's being covered week in and week out. Uh, but that's a solid day. That, that is a solid day on the ground on a day where Aaron didn't have a ton of time. There, there were no you know, real deep balls. There a couple that I think went toward the way of Devontae Adams. But you, know, you think a deep ball, you think of MVS streaking up the sidelines. Well, that didn't happen today. MVS didn't play today, right? He's on injured reserve. So I, this is, I think, kind of what the Packers' passing attack is going to be. It's not all underneath, but their field stretcher is out. And today, well, Aaron didn't have a ton of time. So it was a little more efficiency, uh, I think, with the passing game. Still 195 yards on 17 of 23 passing. Pretty good day. Always good to get a win, regardless of the opponent, but especially satisfying when it's on the road at Soldier Field against the division rival Chicago Bears. The 203rd chapter of this storied rivalry goes to the Green Bay Packers with a final score of 24-14. to Hour number two of the program coming up in just a few moments here. We will be happy to take your calls until 6 o'clock at 
one six twenty. Green Bay improves to five and one with the win, three and one away from Lambeau Field. They will be at Lambeau Field a week from today, taking on the Washington football team. Meanwhile, the Bears fall to three and three. So both the Bears and Vikings, two games back of Green Bay for the top spot in the NFC North division. Stay with us. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. You're listening to the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through, so... Something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers throws for two touchdowns and runs for another. The Packers' defense limits the Bears to 14 points. Green Bay improves to 5 and 1 with a 24 14 win. Welcome back to Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And the 555 has been extended at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. That means up to five years, no interest, five months, no payments, even up to 5% same-day order savings. For details, visit PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock at 855-616-1620. Get back to your phone calls and dip inside the locker room in a moment here. First, 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Football can be a real pain. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin can fix that pain fast. There is a difference. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, let's grab Dean in uh, northeast Wisconsin. You're on Hackers OT. Hi, Dean. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. A great win today. I uh, just want to say how uh, how exciting it was to see how fired up Rodgers was today. Uh, maybe it's just because it's the rivalry or the fact that he believes that he owns the Bears, but uh, really good just to see him, you know, uh, talking up the guys and, uh, and, and making that nice touchdown run there. So uh, enjoy listening to you guys, and uh, – Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, appreciate it, Dean. So Aaron Rodgers is now 22-5 and in his career starting against the Chicago Bears. I mean, that, that is ownership. right? I, I, who officially owns the Bears? The McCaskey family, right? Does Aaron have a part ownership of the Bears? I think he does, or he, he should. Uh, and, and today was not... It's not going to go down in the history books as Aaron Rodgers, a vintage MVP, Hall of Fame performance, but just look at how efficient he was. And just... A, uh, it, it was it was flawless quarterback play. Uh, it wasn't a field stretching exhibition, it, right? It just we've seen those back and forth shootout kind of games where wow, you, you're just amazed at the proficiency with which he works. But today, 17 of 23, 195 yards, playing with a beat up offensive line that lost its starting center against a team that has sacked the quarterback more than any team in the NFL entering today's game. Two touchdowns through the air, one on the ground and enough big plays to flip the field and set up those scores. Then you look at Justin Fields. Uh, Was his day that much different? Well, 16 of 27 for 174. It's not wildly different. One touchdown instead of two. He also had an interception. But uh, if you watch the game, just tell me who had more command. right? I mean, this is more like the eye test, and it goes way beyond the stats. 
But there is such a comfort and calm with Aaron Rodgers, even in an adverse situation like he played through today. And it, it it's effortless at times for him. Um, in a challenging environment, on the road, division rival, all the things that I mentioned, that's as clean a, perf- a performance from the quarterback as you could ever imagine, all things considered. So I, he was amazing to watch today. Yeah, it's not 480 with five touchdowns. It's just a, a different game. It's always a different game. But I look at 22 wins and five losses. How many 300-yard passing games does Rodgers have in his career against the Bears? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say the majority of games are, are kind of like this, where it's you know, buck 95, 215, especially on the road. Like it's just it's different when you're in Chicago playing, and it's a team and a franchise that has historically been built on defense. That has been the case for much of Rodgers' career and tenure, starting against Chicago. So I, this is the kind of performance you typically see. And if you can protect the football, you're in good shape. And very few in the NFL protect the football as well as Aaron Rodgers. 24-14, the final. The Packers pick up a win and improve to 5-1. and one. Bart is in West Bend, joining us next on Packers OT. Hi, Bart. Hi, I love your show. First of all, I'm a little, little downtrodden about Royce Newman today. I realize he's a rookie but he did not protect Rodgers like he should be protected now whether he's going to get better as time goes I'm sure he will but I was not happy how he protected Rodgers today the second thing is Rodgers when he hit that end zone was we owned the Bears however if you look on the internet today when Rodgers came out onto the field there's a guy in that end zone that was giving him the bird with both fingers (laughs) And what I think happened, that stirred him a little bit when he made the touchdown. He looked at him and said, we own the Bears. So that's all I want to say. Appreciate the uh, phone call, Bart. Thanks for chiming in from uh, West Bend. Uh, I'd like to see the full Packers offensive line on the field performing as a cohesive unit. Uh, But, hey, rookies in the NFL uh, against a defense like that? It's no easy task. I I get it. But... uh, I think ultimately you just you want to see a cohesive unit playing with their first stringers play a snap or a game. That just hasn't happened yet for the Packers offensive line, and hopefully it does here. Uh, maybe the second half of the season is when you'll have David Bakhtiari back. We'll see. I'm not holding my breath, but we'll see. Hopeful. Uh, by and large, the Packers offensive line is is holding up pretty well in the face of adversity, for sure. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. I don't know if we have the Aaron Rodgers comment. So, uh, yeah, so Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown late in the game. And in earshot were fans, and Rodgers said, I still own you. He was asked about that after the game. Sometimes you black out on the field. <laughs> in, a good, in a good way. Uh, I definitely blacked out uh, from a concussion, which isn't a good way. But... Uh, I looked up in the stands, and in the front row, all I saw was a woman giving me a double bird. <laughs> well, I'm not sure exactly what came out of my mouth next. There's Aaron Rodgers describing what our caller Bart uh, also witnessed. Yeah, entertaining stuff. Josh is in Arizona joining us next. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Josh. Hey, how you guys doing? Thank you for taking my call. I just want to say that you guys do a great job each and every week with your pre- and post-game shows. There's no better radio team to listen to. 
But uh, you kind of just alluded to what I wanted to point on about the adversity we're dealing with. You know, we're missing some great leaders on this team, and, you know, Jair and, you know, Zadarius Smith and David. It, it kind of feels like the 2010 season all over again with the way that we're just overcoming adversity. How do you guys think we're going to be when those guys come back? Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Josh. Thanks for the kind words as well. I. I hope we can talk about that because that means David Bakhtiari is on the field and, and that means Jair Alexander is back and Zadaria Smith is back. Uh, but I, you, you have to kind of keep trudging your way through with what you got. And that was Isaac Yadam you saw on the field starting today because Kevin King was also injured and he got played off the field, quite frankly. And then Russell Douglas centers the game and you're thinking well where did this guy come from well he came from the the arizona cardinals practice squad earlier this week a veteran player former third round pick he's got some pelts on the wall um, but he was pressed into duty in a defense that he probably doesn't have a lot of knowledge on so it's always amazing me as as you test the depth in any given season and the team left standing is usually the healthiest team with the best quarterback that is also the deepest that's not uncommon right The, the least Two of those three characteristics apply to most teams uh, playing for a chance to win it all. I I like that there's depth being developed, and and that's great because it gives you opportunities to play in meaningful games like this, road games, hostile environment, uh, tightly contested. It got a little tight in the fourth quarter. So it certainly can't hurt. These are meaningful reps for anybody pressed into situations like this. But I I don't know if we'll see a fully healthy and whole Packers team the rest of the way. Uh, it's one by one. I get the feeling David Bakhtiari will be back at some point. I'm crossing my fingers on Jair Alexander. I don't think the back surgery was career-ending for Zadarius Smith, but I know he's in a contract year, and that appears to be a kind of a, a cloudy situation, to say it mildly. So I don't know. I, but here are the Packers at 5-1. and one. I don't know if they're overrated. I don't know if they're underrated. I don't know if their defense is great, if it's good, if it's just not really passing the eye test. I I don't know. (laughs) It's kind of complex. But they're getting it done, and they're earning victories. And given the situation with injuries, and every team has to deal with it, nobody's feeling sorry for the Green Bay Packers because they're a Pro Bowl left tackle, their best pass rusher, and their all-pro corner are out. Nobody's having a pity party for the Packers. They're finding a way to get it done. They are finding a way. And today, maybe it was due in part to the opponent, the way they attack. Not much of a passing game in Chicago. We saw a hint of it today, but this was not going to be a 300-yard passing day for Justin Fields. It's going to get tougher, though. You've got the Arizona Cardinals on the road on a Thursday night. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs coming up. The Ravens are on the schedule later this year. So plenty of opportunities to really shine against teams that are expected to be not only playoff teams, but make a dent in the postseason. That's kind of what the Packers are looking at here. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, we'll take your calls until 6 o'clock tonight. Step aside for another instant replay update, a look around the league presented by our good friends at Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. We'll go with some of the late games here. We've got the Raiders on the field in Denver against the Broncos, playing with a new head coach, John Gruden, resigning earlier this week. A big scandal and controversy. Hasn't affected the Raiders. Takes the snap. Fires to over deep left side. Caught. End zone. Jackpot, baby! 
Touchdown Vegas, Kenyon Drake, a 31-yard scoring strike to the running back. Brent Musburger with a call on the Las Vegas Raiders radio network, 17-7. They have about 12 minutes left to play in the third quarter. Raiders leading the Broncos. Both teams enter this game with records of 3-2. and two. In Foxborough, a late game between the Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys. Potent defense, potent offense. Play thing. Jones lobs it down the left side. Diving catch, Henry! Touchdown, Patriots! Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak with the call, 98.5 The Sports Hub and the Patriots Radio Network. I said earlier that uh, the Dallas Cowboys had taken a lead over New England just before the half. That touchdown was actually challenged, and the call reversed. So it's actually New England holding on to a lead over the Dallas Cowboys. They are also in the third quarter, playing in Foxborough, 14-10, with 11-20 left to play in the third. The only undefeated team in the NFL is a team that will be on the Packers' schedule before the end of the month. It's the Arizona Cardinals. Murray takes the shotgun snap, straight drop back, steps up, moves to his left, throws left into the end zone, and it's caught for a touchdown. What a throw to Christian Kirk for six. Kyler Murray to Christian Kirk for the touchdown. Dave Pash with the score on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. The Cardinals in a groove right now, 23-14. They lead the Cleveland Browns, 4-20 left to play in the third quarter in Cleveland. Earlier today was the Jaguars picking up win number one, a 23-20 decision over the Dolphins in London. Last second field goal, the difference in that game. Bengals all over the Lions, 34-11. The Lions scored all 11 of their points in the fourth quarter. Colts upend the Texans 31-3. Houston now 1-5 on the season. It was the Rams cross-country flight to East Rutherford, New Jersey, and a dominant win over the Giants, 38-11. Four touchdowns passing for Matthew Stafford. Chiefs over Washington, 31-13. 3.97 and two touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. Washington visits Lambeau Field one week from today. Ravens all over the Chargers, 34-6. The Vikings need overtime to outlast the Panthers, 34-28. Tonight in Pittsburgh, it's the Seahawks and Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football for Nashville with the 4-1 Bills taking on Derrick Henry and the Titans. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. The Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Bryant's Heating and Cooling. From the 37 of Green Bay, snapped the fields, flushed, rolling right, chased by Clark, taken down by Kenny Clark, back near the 50-yard line number. Oh, my goodness. The Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Whatever it takes play of the game. It's Kenny Clark's sack of Justin Fields. Keep in mind the situation here. So the Packers are clinging to a lead. It is 24-14. Got a few minutes left in the ball game, but the Bears need two scores. They need a field goal and a touchdown to even tie the game. So it is not touchdown or bust for the Bears on what proved to be their final drive. They got down to the 32-yard line, and Kenny Clark sacked Justin Fields for a loss of 12. Now you're back at the 44. It was second and 22. That turned into a third and 15. Another sack by Kenny Clark and a loss of 11. So now you're out of field goal range. So the Bears cannot even rely on getting something on the board and then you know, either an onside kick or, or maybe a defensive stop of Aaron Rodgers. They still have timeouts to use. 
and maybe setting up one last final attempt on offense. Now, instead it was 4th and 26, and they were in desperation mode. Fields chucked one up to the end zone. Um, I believe there was a penalty on that play on Chicago as well, and the ball fell harmlessly to the ground in the end zone. So just think about what those two sacks did. I mean, this is a loss of 23 combined yards when the Bears were in field goal position, needing a score, needing two scores. But, hey, a field goal's fine. That, that extends the game a little bit. But, no, I, Kenny Clark said, we're, we're not having that. Uh, so incredible play by Clark on the defensive line uh, in an obvious passing situation for the Bears, but they needed points. Instead, they went backwards, 23 yards. So making it count. At a critical moment of the game, Kenny Clark, pretty impressive stuff, the uh, whatever-it-takes play of the game. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us. We've got Gabe and Brookfield joining us next year on Packers OT. Hi, Gabe. Hi, first-time caller. Uh, just calling to say that I agreed with a couple of comments you made earlier today about this being a big game for the Packers and not an easy game and uh, that they're playing really well with their offensive line, especially with uh, Jenkins playing out of position and uh, our center going out with an injury early on. But most importantly, there was a caller earlier today that questioned the two timeouts by the Packers when time was running down uh, against the Bears. I, I think they called them to make sure that the defense, the backfield, had their assignments down properly. Because there were a couple of broken uh, broken assignments earlier that had uh, had the Chicago Bears taken advantage of them, could have been a tougher game. So all in all, and the other thing is, all I've heard is negative stuff about our defensive coordinator. But I think at least they're moving in the right direction, and I think today was a good game for them. Yeah, the, the red zone number is still perplexing, Gabe. This is now 15 out of 15 for the opposition scoring a touchdown in the red zone, that's dead last in the league. That, I mean, that's not going to win you much come playoff time. But I'm also looking at the final numbers. And I'm not talking about how many rushing yards or turnovers. Just the final point scored. This is now four games in which the Packers' defense have allowed 22 points or less, which it, it, it's, it's almost a contradiction to the red zone numbers because when teams are in the red zone, they are scoring touchdowns. It's, it's happening. Uh, but aside of that, and aside of week one, teams are not scoring touchdown uh, outside of the red zone. So I, it's, I don't know if bend but don't break is the right term. It's, it's certainly unique. It, the, the numbers seem to contradict themselves. Uh, but again, this is a, a pretty beat-up unit figuring out a way to keep an opponent at bay. And it started off pretty good for the Bears on offense, and the Packers' defense adjusted, and they sort of settled in. Rasul Douglas replacing Isaac Yadam was a intelligent move after Yadam was uh, identified and torched on the first opportunity and second. But 14 points on the road? Yeah, it's a win. That's a, that is a win with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. The, the Packers will not be held under 24 points terribly often this season. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Uh, as for the timeouts, I... I didn't have a problem with these. So the situation was this. The Bears were driving. They had a first and 10 and 32. We talked about the Kenny Clark sacks. But as part of that drive, there were two timeouts taken by Matt LaFleur. One at the 312 mark uh, following the first sack for Kenny Clark. And then after a third and 15 play, it was another sack by Kenny Clark. Matt LaFleur took a timeout with 226 left. I, so you might be scratching your head saying, well, why do you even do that? You just sort of extend the game? 
I, I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, you, you're setting yourself up with more time for Aaron Rodgers if you need it, but you're also allowing your defense to get set in what's you know it pretty much a a pass rushing situation over and over and over again. I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't feel like the Packers would need those timeouts on offense. Just the the way things were looking. Um, would have taken a bit of a miracle for the Bears to get into the end zone on that fourth and forever play. Uh, so no, I, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with that at all. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. We go back into the locker room on the other side. Get back to your phone calls as well. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rogers takes the snap, looking. Waiting, lost it, right side, Devontae, wide open, down the right sideline, breaks the tackle, 20, tight lobby to sideline, 15, 10, 5, he catapults into the end zone, touchdown, but wait a minute, they say he stepped out of bounds, back near the Chicago 20-yard line. Ruling on the field is that the runner was out of bounds at the 21-and-a-half-yard line, it's first down. Today's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear driver, you're invited to save big at a new Toyota. Got to hurry, though. Visit Toyota.com for more information. Toyota, let's go places. Packers OT continues, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock tonight. 855-616-1620. So the play was to Devontae Adams, 40 yards off the arm of Aaron Rodgers. But the timing of the play was critical. And it's why it's a turning point in today's game. The Bears have just scored a touchdown to make it a 17-14 game. Packers still clinging to that three-point lead. You're into the fourth quarter now, comfortably into the fourth quarter. And now you're you're nearing that four-minute offense area where Aaron Rodgers is so good, typically. Really, anything inside the two-minute mark, he's been brilliant throughout his career. But... You know, it started with a, a nothing burger. It was a run play that was stuffed for no gain. Then Aaron Rodgers found Alan Lazard for 13, had to throw the ball away on first and 10 from the 38 due to pressure, and then he found Devontae Adams for that 40-yard pitch and catch, a 9-yard pass to Mercedes Lewis, a 7-yard run, and then Aaron Rodgers was able to scramble into the end zone. So following the Bears' touchdown that made it a 17-14 game, Rodgers and the offense marched 7 plays, 75 yards in just over 4 minutes, to make it 24 to 14. That put the game away. And that was it. So a, a clear turning point was that touchdown drive, but specifically to me, the the play that popped it was the 40-yarder from Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. Let's go to Joe who is in the Upper Peninsula. You're on Packers OT. Hi Joe. How's it going? All I right. just want to say, you know, thank you for your time and thank you for your call. Um I was just curious on what your take is about, I guess, the lack of the free plays that we're normally used to with Rodgers, whether it be the 12 men on the field for the defense or the neutral zone infractions. And then if I could follow up, you know, back in 2010 and the subsequent years, we always saw Rodgers spreading the ball around like crazy. You know, you're, he's hitting 9, 10, 11 different receivers I was just curious what your take is, why that has disappeared. Well, he hit seven today, Joe, in a, in a game where there there weren't many passing attempts and not a lot of plays run, to be honest with you. Uh, only 17 completions today for Rodgers. So that's a relatively known, low number, just you know, given what he's able to do with his arm. Uh, and there was balance. There was 31 rushing attempts and uh, 24 of those by the running backs. 
Uh, you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones had the same amount of receptions. Adams had more yards. Uh, but a lot of the yardage totals were muted uh, because the passing game was muted. This was going to be a short to intermediate passing attack kind of game. And you always have to take your shots. So I'm not surprised to see the passing numbers where they are. But we are in a situation, and I think you're spot on here, where it feels like if Devontae's bottled up, where else do you go? And I think the loss of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I don't know where he would have fit in today in terms of the game plan. Maybe it's one of those pop plays, a chance play, one-on-one coverage. It's just tough with a beat-up offensive line and a Bears defense that is so good at getting to the quarterback. Right, Those longer five- to seven-step drops, it just... Careful what you wish for there. That, that's tough. Uh, but the ball distribution is reasonable, but it does feel like it's Adams or bust. Still, people cannot stop that guy. If they do, then you do wonder about the passing attack and what those numbers will look like. So it, I think it is something to keep an eye on. As for the 12 men on the field, I think there are a couple of factors in play. Number one, I think we saw it against uh, Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago at Lambeau. Coaches are onto it, right? They... It, it, I know it's easier said than done, but Aaron had the Steelers right where he wanted them, and Mike Tomlin, KG veteran coach, called the timeout, and they had a little wink-wink, nod-nod moment on the sidelines. Coaches are, they're hip. They get it. They know what Aaron Rodgers is trying to do. Now, the other interesting component is there was a, a synergy between Rodgers and Corey Lindsley, and it's it, it, it gets kind of lost in the shuffle of discussion. Why was Corey Lindsley an all-pro? Because he's an incredible blocker. He's very mobile. He's incredibly strong. Just a fantastic starting center for the Packers for a number of years, and now he's doing it for the Chargers. you got a rookie center. And, and I think when you do get in those moments where somebody is hustling off the field, it's an encroachment call based upon Rodgers' count, the, the snap has to be in sync with that. Now, I haven't noticed many of those occasions this year, where I pointed to the TV and said, you know what, that's a missed opportunity because of a rookie center. But it is something I think to pay attention to because it's an accurate observation. There haven't been as many of those calls going the Packers' favor this year. But I think there's a few factors in play. And coaches do not want to be fooled by the free play. And Aaron's done it with regularity for years. Sam joins us next. You're on Packers OT. Thanks for holding, Sam. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, just something I wanted to comment on. Uh, I saw on PackersHistory.com today with, I don't know which touchdown it was, but we witnessed a thousandth touchdown between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in a green and gold uniform. Um, I thought it was kind of fitting that it happened against the Bears when you look at the dominance those two individual players have shown over that particular team. Uh, just something to note. We're very lucky to have had those guys, and we're very lucky to be Packers fans. So thanks. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Sam. Uh, Aaron, in kind of a light moment this week, was asked if he could name all the different quarterbacks who have started against the Packers on days. Aaron has been the starting quarterback for the Packers, and he got to about four and then sort of just punted on the whole idea. Uh, but it's been a pretty steady stream of quarterbacks. We all know that. Yes, this rivalry really started to shift the Packers' way beginning in 1992, and the run of success, of course, is very well documented. Want to get back into the locker room? Larry McCarron is so kind to still be standing by in the locker room. Why? I know it takes him a long time to change, but man, good on you, Larry. He's standing by with Alan Lazard, who scored the first touchdown for the Packers today in a 24-14 win. Beating the Bears, how does this one feel? Uh, great. Be able to come into their house, um, you know, our first NFC North opponent on the road. Um, beating in this environment again with the fans and everything. I'm um, obviously very hostile, so for us to be able to go come in today, 
be able to walk out with the win, especially the way that we did, um, physically dominating them and, you know, being able to have our way the whole, the whole game. Um, it's a good feeling. Give me the backstory of the shovel pass. <laughs> um, great, great, uh, great job by the coaches, you know what I'm saying? You know, I think he does, does a great job, especially in the red zone, of just mixing different personnels, um, mixing different play calls, um, and then something obviously very exotic, you know. I don't know if, if Coach LaFleur has ever done that play before. Um, it's not really in our nature to run something like that, but shout out to 12 for the, for the nice little shovel pass, and um, it was great to get in. You know, watching you guys practice, I think it's been part of the deal for a couple, three weeks where you're kind of thinking, when are we going to call this thing? Because it, it always worked in right. red zone practice. Right, right. We've definitely been uh, repping it uh, for the previous weeks and everything, but just one of those plays that, um, you know, it's a game of football too, which is the right situation. has got to present itself. Um, you know, we've got to have the right defense out there to be able to call those type of plays and be at the right yardage too as well. So. Um, all the stars aligned for it, and you know, obviously, we were able to execute it. What you say about you guys offensively? Like in the second half alone, you guys had one drive for 90 yards, one drive for 75. I mean, that's a tough defense to drive the right. ball against. What does that say about your offense? Um, I think it says a lot about the offensive line. You know, we've obviously we're not we don't we're not in a full unit. Um, we had a, a Josh go down today and everything for those guys to be able to step up. And to be able to play the way that they did, um, physically dominating those guys, and they did get the better of us a few plays here and there. But you know that's the game of football, and that's life in general. So um, they did a great job of persevering throughout the entire game, giving Aaron time when he needed to, but also you know moving moving that front seven and be able to march on the field. You said 90 yards. Um, you know we had great runs by the, by two of our backs today. Um, I think they did a great job just running downhill, being very physical, and um, picking up some great yards for us. I think number 13 had something to do with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think 13, you know, he just goes in there and wherever 12 tells him to go block, he goes and blocks. And, um, you know, I'm just glad we were able to come away with the W today. Yeah, good to see Alan Lazard get into the end zone today. He's been doing a lot of work on the offensive line. That's right, I said it, the offensive line. Lazard, one of the better blocking receivers in all of the NFL. Well, he and Mercedes Lewis with this Packers offensive line where it is today with all the injuries, they're doing a lot of work at or near the line of scrimmage. So it, it, it's certainly taking away from you know, what their numbers could be in the receiving game, but no less important uh, if they're not catching passes. They are incredible blockers and Good to see Lazard rewarded with a touchdown earlier today. 24-14 the final. The Packers improved to 5-1 and one with the win. We've got about 20 minutes left. We'll take your calls here at 855-616-1620. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Clip notes and great clips do not involve a yellow flag. Great clips saves your details so you can get the look you love no matter which stylist or salon you visit. Download the app to schedule your greatness at your convenience. Three receivers left. Quick towel. Rodgers takes. Pump fakes once and again. Scrambles to his right. Finds high. Takes it himself. He's to the side in the end zone for the touchdown. Aaron Rodgers just inside the pylon. And the Packers lead it 23-14. to Aaron Rodgers, your great clips, great player of the game today, just in control from start to finish, facing a fierce pass rush with a beat-up offensive line. Rodgers, 17 of 23 for 195 yards and two touchdowns through the air. Uh, He also ran the ball into the end zone, as you just heard. So a fine day all around for Aaron Rodgers. Yes, seven official carries for 19 yards. All right, a long of 16 
for Aaron Rodgers today. Pretty impressive performance by the Packers quarterback, outdueling the rookie Justin Fields, who had a uh, decent day. We saw his legs a little bit more, and you know, perhaps the future is bright for the Bears at quarterback, but yeah, the difference today was Rodgers and that offense playing uh, and doing just enough to earn a 24-14 to win. Packers OT presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Back to the locker room we go. Talk about a guy who had a fine afternoon. Dean Lowry, back-to-back weeks now, wreaking havoc on the defensive line. Here's Lowry standing by with Larry McCarron. Dean, <laughs> I called you the Raging Bull the other day, <laughs> and you are bringing it when it comes to this pass rush stuff, buddy. Yeah, that was uh, at the end of the first half there. That was a big play for us. I just went straight power on white hair and uh, got some good push and got off the block and then thankfully got down fields. Uh, I know it was a pretty uh, close call there, but I guess his knee touched the, the, the ground, and um, that was a huge play. So I just I, I brought it second half there. Um, I had almost had a second one in the very last series, but then Kenny had two to finish it out for us, and he played a great game too. Dean, how difficult or challenging is it to go after and to go a mile a minute at a guy that can really run like Justin Fields. I mean, he's a 4-4 guy. How challenging is that? Uh, it's a big challenge. The first thing, like you said, is making sure we have good pass rush lanes because if there's a seam there, he'll find it and run for, for 15, 20 yards. So, um, you know, finding the right balance of being aggressive, having good pass rush moves, but also having, um, you know, very good pass rush lanes. So, as you, as you saw, you know, he's a very, um, you know, unique athlete, but I think overall, you know, we, we made more plays than they did in overall. I thought this was a classic Packers Bears game. What's your takeaway, Dean? Absolutely, this is probably the most uh, physical Bear Packer game that I've been a part of. Um, you know, they were physical up front. You could tell that was their mindset coming into the game, and um, they they had a few plays. And I thought overall we uh, corrected it throughout the game. But you know, they're they're a solid old line, and once their their running game gets going, they're a good offense. So um, we'll see them again this year, and it's going to be another big challenge. Fine afternoon for Packers defensive lineman Dean Lowry. It did look like the Bears were winning that matchup in the trenches early on. Things started to shift, really, on both sides of the ball as the Packers found their groove, settling in with 10 second-quarter points and scoring a touchdown in the third and fourth for a 24-14 to win. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Before we get back to your calls, let's step aside one final time for an instant replay update. A look around the league presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Let's start in the AFC, shall we? As we bounce around tonight, it was breakfast football this morning in London with the Jaguars taking on the Miami Dolphins, tied at 20 with just seconds left. Jacksonville set up for a 53-yard field goal attempt on the final play. Cook puts it down. Wright kicks it up. The 53-yarder is good, good, good. Wright has made it. The Jaguars have won it. On a 53-yard field goal by Matthew Wright. What a magnificent ending in London. Frank Franzi with the call on the Jacksonville Jaguars radio network. 319 yards passing for Trevor Lawrence. The Jags pick up their first win of the season, beating the Dolphins 23-20. Let's stay in the AFC, shall we? Where Jonathan Taylor got loose. Wentz outside zone and big hole. Taylor 20, 25, 30 down the far sideline. Tiptoeing, he's at the 50, he's at the 40, cuts back. Now he's at the 30, the 20, the 10, and he's finally dragged down inside the 10. He'll be dropped at the 4-yard. What a run, Jonathan Taylor. Matt Taylor with the call on the fan and 97-1 Hank FM in Indianapolis. 145 yards and two touchdowns for Taylor. That was an 83-yard run that you just heard. 
Colts fight back after a Monday night loss to the Ravens with a 31-3 win over the Houston Texans. The Vikings pick up a win today. They needed overtime to do it. Cousins with Madison to his right. Cousins climbs the pocket. Touch pass to the left, left pylon. It is caught for the score. The Vikings win the game on a 27-yard touchdown pass, left pylon. That's Mixon with the call on the Carolina Panthers radio network. That's right, an overtime touchdown for the Vikings. Improves their record to 3-3. and The fact this game even got to overtime was somewhat astonishing. Sam Darnold struggled all day, the Panthers quarterback, but he did engineer an 11-play, 96-yard touchdown drive that resulted in a two-point conversion. That tied the game and sent it to overtime. The Vikings had a chance to win in regulation, but a 47-yard field goal was missed. The Vikings and Bears now 3-3 in the NFC North Division. Late games in the NFL, the Cardinals lead the Browns 37-14. It's the Raiders up big on the Denver Broncos now 31 to 10, three receptions, 97 yards and a touchdown for speedster Henry Ruggs the 3rd. Cowboys over the Patriots 17-14 in Foxborough, 13-27 left to go in the 4th. Back to the early games, it was the Bengals all over the Lions 34 to 11. The Rams upend the Giants 38 to 11, four touchdown passes for Matthew Stafford. The Chiefs knock off the Washington football team 31-13. Washington will visit Lambeau one week from today, and it was the Ravens over the Chargers 34 to 6. Tonight in Pittsburgh, it's the Seahawks and Steelers. Monday night in Nashville, it's the Bills and Titans. Wrapping up week six of the NFL season. We'll wrap up Packers OT after this. Packers football is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio. This is fourth down and ball game for the Bears. Fourth and 26. Line to gain is a 22 at Green Bay. Fields rotating in the backfield. Circle route to his right. Penalty marker is down. He rainbows deep down the right side. And it is broken up. Incomplete. Incomplete. And there is your dagger. Yeah, 4th and 26, actually a good thing for the Packers today. They earned a 24-14 win over the Chicago Bears, improving to 5-1 and one in the process. A couple more phone calls to get to as we wrap up Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's talk to uh, Teresa Ann. She is in Augusta, Wisconsin. You're on Packers OT. Hi there. No, they don't, but... My question is, why aren't they using Randall Cobb? I think that was meant for me. Was it not? Yeah. Uh, there's somebody else in the background. Very short, very abrupt. You know, a couple rules here when you call the program. Yeah, we'd like to give you your shot, but hey, that's that's be brief, be brilliant, be gone, right? Isn't that what we're doing here? All right, yeah. Uh, Randall Cobb was not used as much today. I'll have to look at the snap count to uh, solidify the information. Because I think the Packers needed more blocking with their extra tight end, Mercedes Lewis, and their best blocking receiver in Alan Lazard because the offensive line was beat up and the Bears get after the quarterback better than any team in the league. That's my assessment. I'll look at the snap count, but didn't seem like today was going to fit as much for Randall Cobb as it has the last couple of weeks. Corey is next in Richland Center. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Corey. Um, how about a little extra love for, for our coach? You know, I'll go back to last week. Mason Crosby has a bad game. He goes to him on the sideline, says, do you want this? He says, yes. He puts his trust in him. He goes. 
you know, this week it's a little plain vanilla again, but the system works. He knows his players. He stays the course. He stays with his program. I think we should feel pretty lucky that we've got a very intelligent coach that knows his team and follows the course, has a plan, stays with it. I look forward to good things in the future. Yeah, and, and does enough self-scouting to know if he made a mistake. And, and he's talked about that, I think, week in and week out, areas where they can improve. Uh, he puts it on himself. He puts a lot on his shoulders when it comes to uh, some of the deficiencies in the red zone or what have you. Uh, but 31-7, and seven, that's a pretty impressive regular season record for a Matt LaFleur in his first two-plus seasons head coaching the Packers. And to even get the back-to-back NFC Championship games I think is impressive. Uh, especially given it was year one of a system a couple of years ago. Now you're in year three. You still have Aaron Rodgers. You feel like this thing is building the right way. But given how the team has performed without so many horses, the fact that the Packers are 5-1, and one, I don't think it's smoke and mirrors. We'll learn more as they face teams like the Cardinals and you know the Baltimore Ravens, maybe even the Cleveland Browns. The Vikings are playing decent at times. So uh, we'll learn more as the season goes on, but hey, so far so good. Eric joins us next. Thanks for holding Eric here on Packers OT. Yeah, hi. Just wanted to bring up the last time out in the first half that LaFleur took. Um, I thought it was really stupid. So the situation was fourth and long for the Bears at midfield. Clock was ticking. And with 20 seconds left, he called a timeout. But then I realized what he was doing is preventing the Bears from calling a timeout with five seconds left, probably to throw a Hail Mary, which those of us with Scotty Miller, Kevin King nightmares um, appreciate greatly. So I think it was really clever, and I don't know if anyone's asked LaFleur about that at all. Yeah, it is interesting because there were some timeouts that were called that, that it, it brings you into the psychology. Why is he doing this? That's interesting. If Aaron Rodgers has any time left on the clock, there's a chance. And just you assess the situation when you get the ball back. Um so, yeah, I get that, and there were timeouts called, I think, on the Bears' last drive that was ultimately ended after a 4th and 26 pass play, fell harmlessly into the end zone. Uh, he used two timeouts on that particular drive uh, with about three and a half minutes left and once again with about 2.40 left in the game. So I thought it was interesting and clever usage, but anytime a timeout is called, if it's not Aaron, you know, just doesn't have what he needs, personnel groupings, just not organized, those are the frustrating timeouts. The other ones, I'm always trying to hop into the mind of the coach. And what's he thinking here? That's just an interesting thing to do. That's not to say it's right or wrong or, you know, a decision couldn't backfire. It's just interesting. Just interesting how those are used. You can't take them with you after the game, that's for sure. They don't carry over. Use them if you got them, right? 855-616-1620. Just a couple minutes left here on the program. Uh, What's next for the Green Bay Packers? This is, I think, where the schedule starts to get really interesting for Green Bay. And... You know, I think on the surface, this game against Washington a week from today, boy, it stands out as another stout defense, a team that was expected to maybe do some damage in the NFC East division. Right now it appears the Cowboys are the class of that division. Washington rolled today on their home field by Kansas City. I wouldn't say it's a major shock. They're struggling a little bit. And really it's been more their defensive struggles that are... A little more head-scratching than the offense. There are some pieces here. They did lose their starting quarterback. They're down to Taylor Heineke playing quarterback, but he can throw it. Uh, they've not been doing anything on defense that would give you any reason to believe that they can rebound and be a juggernaut in the NFC East. But you've got Washington coming in at home, and then you've got a short week where you travel out west to Arizona to face a Cardinals team that is still undefeated. And at the end of today, they will remain undefeated at 6-0. and So you go from Washington to 
Short week, travel out west, face the Cardinals, a little mini-buy, if you want to call it that, but then it's still a road trip out to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Then it's at home against the Seahawks, who will probably not have Russell Wilson at that point. At the Vikings, you got the Rams and Bears again. So this is a very meaty part of the schedule the Packers are about to embark on. But, you know, four wins in a row here, five if you want to include the Lions game, but four wins in a row over teams that you look at and say, yeah, there's enough firepower where anything could happen. Pretty impressive stuff. They held the Steelers to 17, the Bengals to 22, the Bears to 14. If you want to go back to Week 2 against the Lions, they scored just 17 points. So they're getting it done. Pretty entertaining stuff. We are out of time on tonight's program. I want to thank you for being a part of our program each and every week here on the Packers Radio Network. Thanks to our producer, Greg Hill. Thanks to coordinating producer, Evan Wittalison, and our executive producer of the Packers Radio Network, it's Ashton Rotman. 24-14, the final. The Packers improved to 5-1 and one with the win. We will talk to you again next week from Lambeau Field after the Packers face the Washington football team. Enjoy the rest of your night on the Packers Radio Network.